Turn with me to the book of Psalms 78. Psalm 78 verse 14 to 16 And the Bible declares, In the daytime also He led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. God lead the people by day through a peal of cloud, and by night through a peal of fire. He smite the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Turn with me also to Psalms 105 verse 41. He opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They run in the dry places like a river. They run, the waters run in the dry places like a river. Turn with me also to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. And the children of Israel did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That rock was Christ. That rock followed them, and the rock was Christ. This morning, at six o'clock in the morning, the Lord gave me a new song. And the Lord keeps saying, Water, water. I said, Lord, what is your will this morning? And the Lord took me to Isaiah 43. And the prophet Isaiah declared, I'm going to do a new thing in the midst. A new thing that had never been done before. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It is an impossibility to cause rivers to flow in the desert. God makes it possible that day. God says, I make a miracle to happen to my people. I will make rivers to flow in the desert. And verse 20 says, I, have, I desire to give to my chosen one a drink. That's the reason why He caused the rivers to flow in the desert. To bring a drink to the people in the wilderness. The true spirit of Christianity is the spirit of Christ. The true spirit of Christianity is to touch our Lord Jesus Christ. When you come to the service, you're not come here to sing a song. You're not come here to read a book. You have to touch Jesus. If you're not touched by the presence of God, 
You missed the whole purpose of coming to church. The church is to touch the living Christ. Is to touch the Son of the living God. If you have never touched, you never experienced Christ. That very morning, that very morning, you will come out of this place as a dry person. We must touch Christ. Christ is our life. Christ is the meaning of Christianity. Christ is the waters in the wilderness. Christ is the rivers. Christ is that rock. Christ is our only means of survival. We must touch Christ. In every service, we must touch Christ. We must reach out as a Lord. Wherever you are, I have to touch you. I have to touch you. I don't want to touch religion. I want to touch you, Lord. I want to open my heart and touch you. You, there is a life that is moving in our midst. Lord, we want to touch you this morning, Lord. We don't want to touch anything that is not you, Lord. But we want to touch you. Lord, touch your people this morning. Touch your people, Lord. Lord, show them what is really life. Nothing more than you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. May your people come out of religion and come to life to experience you. To experience you, Lord. To touch Christ. Oh, to touch Christ. To meet Jesus. When the children came out of Egypt, they came to Mount Sinai with only one aim. That is to meet the living God, the God that still speaks this morning. You come to Mount Zion, you come here to hear the voice and the presence of Jesus. That is Christianity. May you touch Christ, touch Christ. Can I sing a song? Hallelujah. Can I have the lights off? Hallelujah. Let's hear what God is speaking to the people this morning. Come to the waters, all ye people. Come to Jesus, your rock. Come to the waters, all ye people. Come to Jesus, your rock. Come to the waters, all ye people. Come to Jesus, your rock. Through the rock, you will find your waters. Through the rock, you will find your life. Through the rock, He will quench your thirst. All who are thirsty, come to your rock. Through the rock, you will find your waters. Through your rock, 
you will find your life. Through the rock, he will quench your thirst. All who are thirsty, come to your rock. Come to your rock. God desire to give his chosen his drink. His grace is sufficient for you. His mercy will see you through. Jesus, oh Jesus, is your living waters. Is your living waters so drink from him? So drink deeply from him. So drink deeply from him. So that you live and not die. So that you live and not dry. So drink deeply from him. Come to the waters. All ye people, come to Jesus, your rock. Come to the waters, all ye people. Come to Jesus, your rock. Through the rock you will find your waters. Through the rock you will find your life. Through the rock he will quench your thirst. All who are thirsty, come to your rock. Come to your rock. If Jeremiah is alive this day, Jeremiah will be preaching the same prophetic word that he spoken centuries ago. If Prophet Jeremiah is alive today, he will go from churches to churches, from nation to nation. He will declare to the people of God. He will go to his own chosen race, even to the people of the living God. He will say, Why have you forsaken me, the living fountain, and go after a broken system that holds no water? Why do you go to the world to have the drink? Why do you go to the world to quench your spiritual thirst? Why do you come to me, the living fountain that will quench your spiritual thirst? Why, my people, do you go to the north and the south and the east and the west? Why do you go to the world? Why do you go to things to satisfy your thirst? Don't you not know? that I am the living water and only I can give you the thirst and only I can quench your thirst and you will thirst no more so come to me because I am your waters and I am the living fountain this day come come back my child come back my son come back my daughter come back to me and taste the real life and come out of the religion come out of death and come back to life say of God oh Hallelujah. Let's sing the next song. The other one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put it down. Hallelujah. 
living Christ. I lift my cup to you. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Living waters fill me till I want no more. Fill it up till it's full and make me whole. Living Christ, I live my cup to you. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Living waters fill me till I want no more. Fill it up till it's full and make me whole. Let this be a prayer. Living Christ, I lift my cup to you. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Living water, fill me till I want no And make me whole. Lord, come. Lord, come. Show them who you are. Show them what they really need in your life. Lord, 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 give your people the drink this morning. Lord, give your people a drink this morning. subject how to survive in a spiritual drought how to survive in a spiritual drought I believe one way or another in your lifetime you will face spiritual dryness one way or the other you will hear the familiar commands from your own brethren. They will tell you, I am dry. I am dry. I need help this morning. How to survive the drought in your life and bring back the living waters to your soul. If Christ don't feel you, the world will feel you. If Christ don't satisfy your thirst, you will go after the world. Only Christ. Only Christ. 
The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 7 verse 38, when he talk about the generation of Moses, he says, that is the church in the wilderness. So whatever happened to the life of Moses and his people is talking about a type of the church in existence. So let's discover from that church, the first church in the Bible, let's discover some application that we can apply in our modern day Christianity. Firstly, we notice that when God bring the people out of Egypt, that speaks about coming out of the house of bondage, that speaks about conversion. We come out from the world and we receive Jesus Christ and we become God's people when we come out of Egypt. Then Moses lead them through the Red Sea. The Red Sea speaks about baptism. We go into water baptism. When we receive Christ, we will acknowledge Christ to the world. We go for water baptism. And then, we go to Marah. The waters at Marah. The bitter waters speaks about when we come and receive Christ, every Christian must deal with their past. Every Christian must have received inner healing and, and get deliverance from their past. And then from there we go on. So every experience that Moses went through can be a real life application in our life. Let me give you a background story. On an early Sunday morning, the sun seems to be smiling on that people. The weather was comfortably warm. And as you look from the distance through your binoculars, you see a huge sh shadow that overshadowed the land, like an octopus having the tentacles spreading throughout the whole large plateau of sand. And as you look further, beneath that shadow, like a caravan of coral crabs, that's moving along the sand. And you look closer, it's made up of peoples and cattle. And you look closer still, you see the flag of Israel, and you see Moses ahead of them, leading the people, three million people, into the wilderness. And strange enough, the people walked within the boundary of the shade. They were under the shade of the pillar of cloud by day. The pillar of cloud was moving southward along the Penis Sinai Peninsula. So they were moving within the cloud, the shade, the boundary of the shade. That speaks to us, we must always live within the boundary of the shadow of the Almighty. We must always live in Christ and never live out of Christ. So that day, as you see through your binoculars, you see a huge caravan of people a huge band of people moving within the boundary of the shade towards a certain destination. The pillar of cloud was moving southward. As they were moving and moving along that way, every day they experienced hot weather, though they were sheltered by the pillar of cloud. Every day was hot. It was so hot that the ground that they tread on was hot ground. It was hot. The, it, the heat even goes into the sandals of their feet. It was a hot ground. And there are cracks all over the place in the wilderness. It was a hot ground. And you can feel the heat of the day. And as they look up every now and then, 
They couldn't find signs of the rain cloud. Though there was a cloud on top of them, but it doesn't rain. But they look ahead, there was no sign of any rain cloud. And they look here and there, and they can't find any water springs or any well in the wilderness. As the days goes by, they get worried. And the leaders sound an alarm in the camp and tell the people, we're going to have water rations in our camp. We're going to use our water wisely because there will be water shortage because of the weather. And so the people, even in their dinner time, they have no soup on the table because they have to preserve every droplet of water that they can. They are looking around them, look at the water bags all dried up. And the camels are making a complaint. And little children, as they walk, they will run ahead of their parents, run ahead of them, because they saw a water mirage and say, water, water, as they run, only to their disappointment and their dismay, that it was only an illusion. You can see a strange common look on the faces of the people, as if you can read through their minds, and they are thinking, am I going to die of thirst today or tomorrow? Am I going to die of thirst? When will I have a fresh new drink? That was what in their thoughts. They keep thinking about water, water, water. And even in the night time, as you look and hear the whispers in the tent that they pitch in the wilderness, in the dream they will mumble, water, 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 Coca-Cola, oh, Pepsi. They'll be mumbling in their dreams looking for the water. That water issue becomes a national concern. It spreads throughout the camp because word of mouth just spread like wildfire. And everyone is talking about that subject. Not talking about GST, but they're talking about water. Water. And the people began to complain to the PUB department. And say, when will we have our water supply? And the PUB department reached up to the top committee members, to the elders of the Israel. And the elders of Israel formed a meeting, an emergency meeting, and finally it reached to the top, to the Prime Minister Moses. And the, years, the news went to the years of Moses. And Moses one day decided to take up the case because he heard a rumor. And the rumor is this, that the people had come to a drastic decision that day. They had decided to stone Moses to death. And so Moses quickly withdraw from his daily activities and run to the tabernacle and seek his boss. And say, boss, your people is going to kill me. What shall I do? This story that I share to you right now is taken from the book of Exodus chapter 17. The whole story is taken from the book of Exodus chapter 17. Let's turn to the book of Exodus chapter 17. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rahidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did argue with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirst therefore water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, 
Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, He ran to the boss and said, What shall I do unto this people? Moses entered in prayer and talked to the Lord. Verse 4, They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, I die. Be stable, don't worry. Go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod, wherefore thou smoked the river, the Red Sea before. Take in thy hand and go. And behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the striving of the children of Israel because they tempted the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rahivim. The people was thirsting for waters. They were complaining they were murmuring against Moses. And Moses called that place the place of Massa. God tested them. And the place called Meribah, the place of striving. Strive exists in the camp of Moses. Murmuring, backbiting, gossip, complaining, grumbling exists in the camp of Moses because the people is thirsty. Whenever there's thirsty people in the church that is not have a drink from God for a long time, they will cause strife in the church. The way to stop strife is to give the people the drink, is to bring the people back to Christ. Whenever you see people that complain, that murmur, that grumble, the people that grumble about this and that, the people that strive with one another, the people that complain against the leadership, is because that people has never taken a drink from the living Christ. And we have to take that drink or else there will be disunity in the camp. So we have it there. Moses used the rod that opened up the Red Sea. He used the rod and smite, hit the rock once. And out of the rock flows water. And rock water flows in the desert and they begin to drink. That was a new thing that God was doing in the midst of them. Have never done it before. So they drink and they were happy and they survive in that drought. Every journey out of Egypt, moving in the wilderness towards Canaan land, you need water. Every journey that's proceed towards your promised land, the land of your rest, you need water on your journey. In your walk with God, the race that God has set before you, that you run the race with great faith and patience, you need water. Without water, you will die in the wilderness and you cannot reach your promised land. The land, the potential in Christ. You cannot reach your maximum potential. You will fall away, you become lukewarm and you backslide from the church because you lack water. Why you lack water? Because only Jesus is the water and Jesus is the one that will provide the rivers. Because Jesus is 
that rock. Without that rock, there will be no water. 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 Without that rock in your life, there will be no water. Without the presence of the rock, there will be no water. Without Jesus, there will be no water in your life. You must cling and abide in Jesus. That is the heart of Christianity. That's why the Chinese people in China, though they don't have a Bible, though they don't have a pastor, though they don't have a church, but they have Christ and they are still alive and well today. Whereas the church of Singapore is dying. You notice water, according to our biological studies, 75% of a physical body contains water. Every human being that exists on planet Earth need water to survive. Every cattle, every animal, every insect, every fishes, everything that live on planet Earth that breathes need water to survive. Even in the air, the water molecule exists in the air to keep the lungs pumping oxygen through our blood. We need water to survive. And water is the basic necessity of life. Water is the basic necessity. Without water, you can have millions of dollars, you will still die. Even you have plenty of buffet before you, you don't have water, you will still die. Because you need water to survive and live for God. So, even water is a basic necessity. And in the wilderness, the children of Israel will learn one lesson. And the lesson is this. They have to rely completely on God to supply every of their needs, even their basic necessity. The modern church lost the richness of their faith because they depend on their money and their career and their wisdom to supply everything that they need in life. And they throw the rock out of their life. May we come back to a day that even though we have money in our hands, even though we have every blessing in our hands, we will still come to God and say, God, it is from you that have given only all this thing. You still rely on God. Even you come to service, even though you may know how to sing the song, you still bow your knees and say, Lord, one more time, one more time, touch my heart, that I can sing out the reality of this song, that I will sing out the true meaning of the song from my heart to you, not giving you lip service, but honoring you from my heart. Lord, I bow my knees for your grace to come upon my life. This is the heart of Christianity, that we come back to the rock. So he Moses lift up that rock and smite the rock once. That speaks to us. Exodus 17 speaks to us the death of our Lord Jesus Christ almost 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ came to die for mankind once. Only once. That's why Moses strike the rock once. The Bible says in the book of Hebrew chapter 10 in verse 12 and verse 4 he says that Jesus Christ by one offering, sanctified them forevermore. Only one offering. So that's why Moses, by hitting the rock once, speaks about Jesus Christ only die once for humanity and no more. That speaks about the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you notice, and when he smite the rock, the waters begin to flow out. Now we're here, we're talking about how to apply truth in our modern day living. Alright? So hit the rock, the water flows out. What does that mean when the water flows out? It means this. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 7, verse 37, verse 38, He says, I cannot... Let's read that passage for, for a better understanding. John chapter 7, 
Verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus Christ is saying again to the churches. Jesus Christ is saying to the Laodicean church, the church that is prospering. Jesus Christ is saying again, it's not wealth that will satisfy you, but me. Jesus Christ is crying again to the people of NCF, if any man, if any woman, if any children thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believe on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So what happened is that when that type typology of water flowing out of that rock, that speaks about the ministry of the Spirit, that speaks of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God. What does that mean? It means this, when Jesus Christ was glorified after the death and the resurrection, the water flows out, is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God through His Holy Spirit is going to touch lives. Only through the Holy Spirit, your life is touched. The water is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that speaks about what? That's Jesus Christ died speaks of Passover. Water came out. That speaks about 50 days after Passover. Speaks about the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. Every Christian must receive the empowering, the touch of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian must receive Christ and also the baptism of the Spirit. They must receive the gift of speaking in tongues. This is the reality that every Christian must drink that water, must have a fresh Pentecost in our life. This morning I say to you, do you have a fresh Pentecost? Do you have a fresh supply of water from God? Is it quenching you or are you drinking from the stagnant waters from the broken cisterns? What are you drinking from this morning? And now turn with me to Numbers chapter 20. The book of Numbers chapter 20. Verse 1. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh, Bernier. And Miriam buried, died there and was buried there. And then look with me in verse 2. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. When people rebel against leadership, it is a sign that people have no water to drink. And the people argue with Moses and say, Would God that we have died when our brethren died before the Lord? This is the second incident. The first incident happened in the place, Rafidim, and this place is Kadesh Barnea. So it's at a different spot. Also a spiritual drought, a water crisis. Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? But look with me in verse 6. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the Lord from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them waters out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. So Moses took 
the rod from before the presence of the Lord as he commanded him. And so Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered together the congregation before the rock and said unto them, Hear now, ye rebel, must we fetch water, you water out of this rock? And Moses lift up his hand, and with the rock he smoke the rock twice. And water come out abundantly, and the congregation drink, and their beasts also. And verse 13, This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strive with the Lord, and He was sanctified in them. This is a incident about the water crisis. So altogether, we actually witness three water crises. First crisis was in Exodus chapter 16. They entered into the place, and in the waters of Marah, they cannot drink. The water was too bitter, so they have no water to drink. And God, through the sign that there's a tree, cast it to the water, it becomes sweet. That speaks about Jesus Christ dying on the cross, which is the tree. The second experience of water crisis was in Exodus chapter 17. And now the third water crisis is in Exodus in Numbers chapter 20. That speaks also typology of the book of St. John. In the book of St. John, John chapter 2, God brings the water, it becomes sweet wine. That speaks of Exodus chapter 16. And then, also in John chapter 4, it speaks about Exodus chapter 17. And in John chapter 7, it speaks about Numbers chapter 20. So in the book of John, there is also three examples of water miracles. Maribah. Let's talk about Numbers chapter 20 and from there draw some lesson that we can learn this morning. And we apply it in our life. The rock that was mentioned in Exodus chapter 17 and the rock that is mentioned in Numbers chapter 20 is two distinct Hebrew words. It's not the same Hebrew words in the Bible. In Exodus chapter 17, the Hebrew word for the word rock is 1697 is su, T-S-U-R. And su means a sharp rock, a compressed Compact rock. What does that speak of? Sharp rock. A sharp rock is a rock that will cut you. That speaks of Jesus Christ received 39 stripes. He was cut. And the rock was compressed. That speaks of a pressure upon Jesus. Speaks of pressure of sin and sicknesses that was he bare on his own body. That's a pressure. He was compressed, become a compact rock. That's Exodus chapter 17. The death of our Lord Jesus Christ. But in Numbers chapter 20, the word rock is a different Hebrew word. And the word rock there is 5553, is Sela, S-C-E-L-A. It means a steep rock, a lofty rock. Loftiness speaks about great heights. That speaks about the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in Exodus 17, He died. But in Numbers chapter 20, the rock represents ascension. It speaks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ as the true and living God right now, sitting at the right hand of the Father. So that's a different rock. But also, the rock is also different. In Exodus chapter 17, that rock that Moses used to smite, that rock, that rod itself, that stick, the shepherd's stick itself, is a different rock. Because in Exodus 17, that rod he used was the one that he confronted Pharaoh in Egypt. And that speaks about the rod of judgment. Because he used that rod to open up the Red Sea. And the judgment came upon the Egyptian army and all of them died in the Red Sea. So that rod speaks about judgment. But the rod that is found in Numbers chapter 20 is a different 
rock. Why? Because the Bible says Moses took the rod from before the presence of the Lord. So you must understand what I mean by before the presence of the Lord. Well, if you read some background story before Numbers 20, you have Numbers 17. In Numbers 17, we have the story in verse 5, verse 8 and verse 10. You have the story of God is going to select a high priest for among the people. And to prove that God has selected Aaron, he says, put every leader's rod before me for overnight. And the rod that budded and blossomed will be the one that I have ordained and commissioned to be the high priest of Israel. And so next day, among the twelve rods, only one budded, and that's the rod of Aaron. And God says, use that rod and put that rod into the Ark of the Covenant. So in Numbers chapter 20, Moses was in the tabernacle of Moses. He went before the Lord and took out the rod that was in the covenant and took it out and go before the people. Why? Because Aaron speaks about high priests. And that rod is the rod of the high priest. So that rod, because Aaron used that rod to go into the presence of God, speaks about the priestly ministry of Aaron. So that rod is the rod of a priest. We have in Exodus 17, the rod of judgment in Numbers 20, the rod of the priest, the priestly rod. So when you have all this together, you have this. The rock, the ascension, the re- resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that rod speaks of a high priest, because it's Aaron, typified Aaron. So Jesus Christ now is ascended in Numbers 20, ascended before God as our great high priest. Now water is supplied out of the ministry of the priesthood of Jesus Christ. Though you can release water from Calvary, but God wants us to go one step further. Calvary experience is only for new converts. But for us, as we grow in Christ, we need to get the water from Numbers chapter 20 that is from the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ as the high priest before God the Father. Amen? You understand the whole context right now? Jesus Christ is our high priest. Now in this context, he didn't say smite the rock because Jesus Christ only died once for the people. He says, speak to the rock. Have you gone to a cemetery and speak to the people? Hey, how? Hello, how are you? Do you talk to people who have died in the graveyard? You don't talk to people, right? You don't talk to dead people. So when Jesus, uh, when Moses was told to speak to the rock, that means that rock is alive. And that speaks about Jesus Christ now is the living Messiah. It's alive. So you speak to someone that is alive. Now, when we feel dry, we don't go to Calvary and smite the rock. Now we say, Lord, I'm going to speak to you directly. I'm going to speak to you. So Moses was told to speak to the rock and the rock was supplied. But Moses indeed, you know what he did? He was so angry, he came out from the presence of the tabernacle, he lifted up that rod, and he smoked that rock twice. He's, he's saying, Jesus Christ, you must die again. Once is not enough, you must die two times. So he misrepresented the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because of that, he only preached Christ crucified. He didn't preach the second half of the message, which is Christ, the risen Savior. He get his job done half-cooked. His job was done halfway. He only preached Christ, the crucified one. He didn't preach Christ, the resurrected one. The gospel is a gospel of, of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today, 
in our service, we must declare the word of the Lord that Jesus Christ is alive. He is in our midst. If you cannot declare that, that Jesus Christ is around, something is wrong with you. You better go and see a spiritual doctor and do some checkup. You are dying. The day you ignore the presence of God in your life is the day you become professional Christian. You'll be the scribes and the Pharisees in the church that will persecute the anointed one of the Lord. So come back to life and not religion. Come out of religion. There's no religion in church. Religion only brings death and not life. We want life. Amen? Poor Moses couldn't preach the full gospel. He was not from the full gospel. He was half gospel. But yet, grace was given. Though Christ was poorly represented, mercy and grace flow and water was given to the people to drink. That's the grace of God. Amen? Now let's go into the personal application right now. Water to drink. To the people in the Old Testament during Moses' time, is water to drink. In our New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, in our present day context, we don't need water, we need that rock, we need Jesus Christ. What we need is the rock, Jesus Christ. We need the presence of Jesus in our life. If the presence of Jesus in, is not in our life, you can quit being a Christian, go back to the world. You will become worldly, I guarantee you. You need Jesus. Amen? That's our need. What? That picture, they have a need, that's water. In our day, we look and we, look, we saw the rock, we need Jesus. God is saying, you need Jesus. Don't have a Sunday Christian attitude. Come to church on Sunday and say, I love you Lord, I serve you, I worship you. No, you must have the rock in your own family, in your own life. Every day the rock must be with you. That is the message. We need the rock that gives water. Without that rock, you will enter into spiritual drought. You will enter into dryness and you say, Pastor, I don't know why, I'm feeling dry now. I don't feel like doing anything now. I feel like I want to stay at home and watch TV. I want to backslide. I, I, I don't like Christianity anymore. Why? Because you're dry. Why you're dry? Because the rock is not in your life. You're drinking from the world. So this morning, God is saying to us again, the basic lesson and the most important lesson, if you have nothing in your own vocabulary, you have no knowledge about Christianity, remember only this, we need Jesus. That is the truth. Nothing more, nothing less. That is the whole fundamental full gospel truth. We need Jesus. Not words, not theology, not doctrine, not worship songs, but Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the rock that we need in our life. What do we do? How do we survive in a spiritual drought? Come back to Jesus. Come to the rock that gives the water. That is the first solution. Come back to that rock. The rock is very near. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says, The rock followed them. Jesus Christ is following you wherever you go. You go to the north, He's going to the north because He's living on the inside of you. But you must acknowledge that the rock will supply your need and you will not be dry. Amen? Secondly, firstly, you don't ignore him. Secondly, can you imagine Moses that day? He came out. He was worshipping and talking to God between the cherubim of the Ark of the Covenant. God says, go out in Exodus 17 and smite the rock. Huh? You mean magic? Ah? This rock magic, is it? Just hit the rock and water will come out. 
Wow, magic, man. Never see that before, no. He took the rock. Let me give it a try. Wow. Wow, here, man. Better than David Copperfield. Wow. Real magic. One touch and water comes out. Must be a special rock. I must preserve it. No. That rock speaks of the name of Jesus. Through the name of Jesus, water will come out. Amen? It makes no sense to get water out of rock. Does it make any sense to get water out of rock? You mean this one can solve my spiritual dryness? You mean just by touching the rock? Just by one touch? You see, rock represents the, the person. That rock represents Moses' life. You mean, if I touch that rock, I will be refreshed and water will quench my thirsting soul? <gasps> yes. It makes no sense. In Numbers chapter 20, Moses on dry, what to do? Oh, God told me, Aaron, I, let me tell you a thing. God told me, just speak to the rock. Huh? Speak to a dead object? Uh, have you overworked? It makes no sense to speak to a rock. People will say you are somewhere from mental hospital. No. It makes no sense. That speaks about second truth. Firstly, don't ignore Christ. Secondly, if you want to receive the water for your life, don't go by logic. Don't go by logical thinking. Go from your heart. That means if your heart is touched, you will receive water. Don't say, let me think it through first, and then I come to Jesus. You cannot think through. It makes no sense. But you open your heart and say, Lord, touch me, and God will give you a drink. That is the thing. So don't ever, spiritual dryness, what must I do now? Okay. According to five steps, okay, first now I must open my Bible, and kneel down and pray and this and that. No, ignore all the steps. Just make no sense that you go by all this. You just open your heart and say, God, it makes no sense to run straight to you. Because I, I, I'm on a backslider. Yeah, you tell me to run straight to you and touch you. It makes no sense to speak to you. Yes, it makes no sense. But we run to Jesus. And not only that, do you know, when Moses was receiving the rhema from God, he says, I'm going to hit I'm going to get water out of the rock. He said, Moses says, God, are you kidding me? Are you telling me a joke this afternoon? There is no water among the camp. How can I get water? Moses, I told you, hit the rock and water come out. There's no water in the rock. I've studied chemistry. This is something hard. There's no water. How to water feed 3 million people? Moses, I say you hit the rock and water will come out. Where's water? How can one rock give water? He was arguing the Lord because he was questioning with his mind. He said, it doesn't make sense. It's an impossibility to find water right now because we look with binoculars to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. We, and through a road map, we find no water spring, no wells. There's no town around, no supermarket where we can find cans of Coca-Cola. There's nothing around. No water. It's an impossible. God, how can I answer this impossibility? Because the people is stoning, going to stone me, you know, if I couldn't have the answer. Every impossibility is a possibility in Christ. The only possibility to get water in the desert is through the rock. Every impossibility is only possible in Christ. In your life right now, I don't care how dry you are, you never touched the Lord for one year, two years, three years, you have never touched the Lord, you have, you have been a professional Christian, and you're struggling your Christian walk, I'm telling you, all your impossibility can be an overnight wipeout, because you touch Christ, it is possible, with Christ, 
Your spiritual dryness will go away. It is a possibility. People say, there's no more hope for me. Oh, no more hope. For six months I'm dry. I think I will leave church. There's no more hope for me. There is hope. Every possibility is found in Christ, in the rock. You must think like this. And then you will survive in the spiritual drought. Amen? So what do Moses did when the whole camp experienced dryness? Even if the whole church experienced dryness, what must you do? You must do something like Moses. Moses, come up from the congregation and go before the presence of God in, in the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, he fell on his face and said, Lord, what must I do? You must seek God. When you are dry, you must seek God. You must be away from the congregation of the children of Israel. You must be away from men and seek the face of God. You must seek the face of God until the glory comes in. Until the presence comes in. Until God speaks to you. If God don't speak to you, you stay there and stay there and wait there until God speaks to you and encourage you and give you a wisdom to come out of the drought. You must seek God. When you're dry, you must seek God. Don't seek things of this world to fulfill that dryness. Only God can. Amen? So seek God. That's what happened to Moses in Numbers 20 verse 6. What is the waters for? Waters are meant for dry people. In this story, water are meant for thirsty, dry people. Psalms 105 verse 41. He says what? Waters flow out into the dry places. Are you dry this morning? Nobody knows. But God knows because the word exposed every heart. Are you dry this morning? Are you living in the wilderness so long? Are you sick and tired of living in the wilderness? I believe you need that rock. You need that water. So what is the solution? Let me give you the solution. Moses, you're dry? Yes. Aaron, you're dry? Yes. Is the leaders dry? Yes. Is the church dry? Yes. Moses, only one solution. Speak to the rock. Huh? Speak. What we studied us now, Numbers 20, the rock speaks about the high priest ministry of Jesus Christ. That means what do you do? We're going to do the practical thing. Turn with me to Hebrew chapter 4. And all of us is going to do this for those especially they are dry. In the book of Hebrew chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. The high priest is that rock, that budded, that's passed into the heavens, Jesus the rock, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of needs. That means what we do. If you are dry this morning, you are facing spiritual drought. First step, seek God. Second step, speaks to Him. That's all. So what you do? You come to God in prayer. You open your heart to Him and you speak to Him. You must speak to Him, only one person, Jesus Christ. 
And you must picture him as the great high priest that is interceding for your case. He will pick up your case because he said he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You can say, Lord, the Bible says you are touched with the feelings of my weakness. Now I'm going to tell you all my weakness. Lord, look at me. Look at all my stubbornness and I refuse to change. Look at me, Lord. I'm giving you my weakness. And Jesus in heaven will say, I'm touched. I feel for my child. I must do something to help him. Then he go before the throne of grace. And he obtain grace. He obtain mercy. And release it to you. And with the grace and mercy, you come up from the prayer closet, 10 feet tall, and say, I'm refreshed. I'm strengthened. I can go on for God again. Simple. Come to Jesus. There is help available for every spiritual drought that is in this church. Amen? That rock, follow them. The Bible says, Numbers chapter 20 verse 11, for out of the rock flows abundant water. This morning I'll tell you, if you come back to Jesus, firstly, the waters are abundant. Because Jesus Christ come to give life and to give it more abundantly. You can receive abundant water supply for your dryness. Secondly, the rock follow them. Speaks about Jesus Christ is near you. The solution is so near you, even in your mouth. Let's hold fast on our confession. Speak to Him. He's so near, even in our mouth. We just have to open our mouth and say, Jesus, I need you. I don't know where you are right now, but I believe that you are listening to my prayer. And I'm saying to you, I need you. Help me right now. He's accessible. He's very near you. And the waters are free. The children of Israel don't have to take out the earring, the gold necklace, the pearl earring, and drop it on the floor and say, I pay for it. It's all free, given by grace. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to be good to receive the, the waters. You don't say, I'm a very bad Christian. Let me become a good Christian, then I, I come to Jesus. You don't have to because the waters are free. Just come to Him and say, Lord, I need the water. And God will give it to you. He wants to give water to His chosen one so that you drink from Him. He wants you to drink from Him because He enjoys being the living fountain to you. But you must drink from Him. Drink from Him. Don't drink from any other source. There's only one source that will quench your spiritual thirst. Only Jesus. This morning, how to survive a spiritual drought? Run back to that rock. Run back to the water supply. The only supply that will quench your thirst. If not, your soul will be so upset, you will murmur, complain, grumble, and you move in strife. You want to remove this from your life? There's no quarrel in your family, in the church. You must have water. That is one of the key to remove strife from churches, from homes, from families. They need Jesus. We need Jesus. Amen.